Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the UCLA Men's Basketball Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. We're your hosts, David and Travis Ware, and on today's episode, we will be discussing the UCLA Bruins' next opponent, the USC Trojans, as well as looking at the landscape so far of Pac-12 conference play. So it's still early in the Pac-12, obviously, just one week in, now in our second week of conference play. Stanford leads the pack at 2-0, followed by Oregon at 2-1-1. Then we have a bunch of teams at 1-1, and then bringing up the pack is Oregon State, Washington, and Washington State, all at 1-2. It's, it's super surprising to see Washington down there towards the bottom of the pack, and on top of being 1-2 and two and dropping one to Stanford, they also just uh, had a big-time loss with their point guard, Green, becoming academically ineligible. So I'm sure that's going to really impact uh, Coach Hopkins' I, team the rest, of the, the rest of the conference play. Well, Dave, I don't think it's that surprising. We're only one week in. Um, obviously, one loss is going to have big-time implications this early on on your, on your record. But, you know, Washington's got plenty of, plenty of time to make up ground. Uh, they have a super talented roster. I still f- slate them to finish at least top four in the pack. I would say that too, just because they are very young and generally you see some lapses throughout season when you have a young team, but I think their overall talent is going to push them towards the pack, uh, top of the Pac-12. What is surprising though is to see Stanford up there leading the way at 2-0 and with a big time win against Washington um at home yeah Stanford's looked very impressive all year they're sitting overall they're sitting at 13 and 2 they're 10 and 1 at home so yeah teams teams going in coach house has that that team playing at a high level teams going into maple pavilion got their work cut out for them Mm -hmm. generally i mean that's always been a difficult place to play when they are performing at a high level you see the stanford fans kind of uh more or less fair weather when the team's doing good they have a good crowd when they're not so good it's it's pretty abysmal but um I think but I think on a national on a national level Stanford is one of the more surprising teams this year I don't think anyone figured them to be 13 and 2 at this point of the season mm-hmm. um, so very surprising but it helps out our conference a lot Oregon had a really uh, a really big win last night uh in overtime against Arizona uh, so that's huge for them they're sitting at number nine uh, in the country currently and they're probably going to move up um, we'll see. I mean, Washington's not not going to get a bid yeah, after but, losing. But back to Oregon, I want to I want to touch on them a little bit. Uh, between Dana Altman and and Pritchard, uh, solid coach, solid point guard, uh, solid overall uh, roster. They're going to be there in contention to win throughout the entire year. Up there with Arizona and in Washington. It's kind of it's interesting. It's interesting because I look at that team and. You know, other than Pritchard, you don't really see a, guy, a lot of guys on the team getting a lot of notoriety. They don't have the maybe the uh, NBA prospects that some of these other teams have, like Washington or Arizona. But they play extremely well as together. They're they're an older team, yeah. uh, obviously extremely well coached, and uh, Pritchard really controls 
how they go for yeah. them. Oregon always has those guys that that come in um, kind of undervalued and underrated, and then always end up. You know, you look at a guy like um, the cat that played for Golden State Warriors, Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell, like mm-hmm. guys like him that come in and they end up sneaking into the the second round of the draft and end up panning out to be you know solid NBA guys. Um, so Oregon, you know, they're always going to have perhaps some underrated players, but always guys that are going to prosper at the next level. Yeah, and they play their system so well. I mean, th- you always know what you're going to get out of a Dane Altman coach team, and that's just and it's consistent. They're going to play. They're going to play hard. They're going to keep you on your toes. And it's consistency, and that's one of the things I think. If you're a head coach, I would stress that just having a team that is consistent night in and night out that isn't going to have lapses is is got to be in the forefront of what you want. Uh, out of your group of players in the locker room. so And that's what they have. Two other teams sticking out to me right now at one-on-one are Utah and Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, Colorado sitting at 12-3 and three, has been ranked in the top 25 most of the year. Um, Utah, well-coached team. Um, they're sitting at 10-4 and four with a win um, against Kentucky at yeah. home. They were impressive. Watching that game, I really like uh, what they did. I think they play hard-nosed basketball as, you know, all – as they always do, that's just their kind of mo year in and year out. Yeah. Again, a team that really knows their knows their system, knows their culture, and and sticks to their guns. Yeah. Colorado and Utah both very difficult places to play. Not mm-hmm. only because of the elevation, but also the just the environment of the arena. Um, good good they, crowds. Great crowds. It gets loud. Um, some tough travel between the two cities as well, um, and just getting acclimated with the time change as well at both those both those places is difficult. And before we move on to our next segment, today's episode is brought to you by MyBookie. Christmas has come and gone, but Super Bowl is quickly approaching. We've seen just what our teams are capable of this season, and now it's time to get your last bets in before the bowl. Will the Ravens be able to get it done? Head over to MyBookie, do AG to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the bowl games, MyBookie is where you want to go. Football not your thing? No worries. MyBookie's got it all, from the NBA to the Premier League. They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and very helpful 24-7 customer service team. You can even pull your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you got a couple of big favorites this week. Parlay wagers let you bet multiple games together, and if they all come through, you win big. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV, capital BLV, to activate the offer. Bet, win, and get paid. Okay, moving on to the Bruins' next opponent, the USC Trojans, coming in off a loss. A bad one at that where they only scored 40 points and shot 20% from the field up in Seattle against the Washington Huskies. However, they do sit at a very impressive 12 and 3 on the season and are 6 and 1 at home and 3 and 1 on the road. Dave, can you give us some insight about what we're going to see against the Trojans on Saturday? Yeah, we're going to see a big fella inside um Okongu who's you know, averaging 18 points, 9 rebounds, probably a lottery pick coming up in this year's draft. Uh they really try to play around him inside and out. 
They're also a team who, on stats, as far as stats are concerned, they average more rebounds than we do, Who, which is something we haven't seen really all year. So it's going to be worn the paint down low, um, you know, like the Bruins have faced in a, a couple other opponents this year with North Carolina with two bigs and then all, as well as Notre Dame facing uh, the top rebounder in the country. Um, but I look at a, the USC team and I look at their games so far up into this point and I just feel like UCLA might be more battle-tested than the Trojans. I look at their previous games and they haven't really played too much competition up until this point. Uh, you know, we have North, we've played North Carolina, um, Notre Dame. We were in uh, the Maui Invitational, and really the only teams that I see. One that, of the teams that sticks out to me is is Marquette, which they lost to by twenty two points. Yeah, they also played Temple, who isn't bad. They lost to them, um, but they have know, some. They have some they good do, they wins. Have so win, they, I mean, they, they, they TCU, beat, LSU. They won at Nevada by ten. Nevada's way down compared to what they have been in the past, um, and also you know they beat LSU, so they have some decent, they have some decent wins, but they all they are coming off of a terrible loss against Washington where they lost by thirty two points, yeah. um, following our 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 win over Washington. Yeah, I would, um, you know, I hate to give the Trojans the benefit of the doubt or credit, ever, but um, they were ice cold that game. They did shoot 20%, 18% from the three, 48% from the line. Prior to that, they had been shooting f- the last six games or six-game win streak before losing to the Huskies. They were shooting 48% from the field. Um, so just one of those nights where nothing was really clicking uh, for the Trojans. Yeah, and I look at their at their roster as well, and they have three guys all averaging more points than our top score. Actually, I take that back. Um just one. Uh, Just Big O. He's averaging 17.8, and then they have two. Matthew, Matthew's averaging 12.5. Our leading score is averaging 12. Our Chris Smith is averaging 12 a game. So what's the point you're trying to make, that they have more balanced scoring than we do? I would say they have more heavy hitters than we do. Okay. Because we have one guy that's they, we have one guy averaging double figures for us, and that's Smith. Everyone else is around 9.5 points a game. So I think there's going to be a little more keying in on personnel this game, uh, for sure, rather than team concept. I mean, and... You know, playing SC, Andy Enfield's teams are generally running gun up and down. It's not so much uh, a lot of sets and play calls yeah. as much as it is knowing personnel because they they try to they try to slash, they try to put the ball on the ground, yeah. get into the paint, um, and do a lot of different things. It's more so knowing personnel and who you're going to be matched up with or who you're going to get switched out yeah. on. You, I think that's more of a key for us. Yeah, you use that term heavy hitters, but um, and I think that both these teams are similar in the fact that their heavy hitters are inside players. Yeah. Um, you know, UCLA's, you know, post-dominant. USC is post-dominant. So I think we're going to see an inside battle. I would be pretty shocked if we saw a high-scoring game. I'm expecting the game to be in the high 60s and low 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, Mick Cronin style of play. Um, I'm sure he's going to be reiterating that to the team this week. Yeah, I mean, not particularly a great three-point shooting team. Uh, they do a lot of their damage inside. They The Trojans shoot 33% from three um, and 44% from the field goal percentage overall. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're susceptible to turnovers. They're averaging 15 turnovers a game. Uh, so that's something, 
I think we're very evenly balanced in that aspect. We're both about a 1.0 uh, assist to turnover ratio. Uh, I think we're pretty evenly matched with the Bruins. I think it's going to be an interesting... With the Trojans. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty interesting game to see. I think it's really going to come down to who comes out there uh, with more energy. And it's more a rivalry fire. game, so I think I can you, can... you can expect that both teams are going to be hyped. They're going to be ready to play. Um, it's always, you know shitty to lose to your crosstown rival this is in a down season for us in a season where we've struggled and we lost a lot of games yeah. it's always nice to get a win against your crosstown rival and put that on a resume that either can either that makes a somewhat of a bearable season versus yeah. a completely unbearable season where we lose to our rival well we're sitting on one and one too yeah. if we beat the trojans we're at two and one that thrusts us to the top you know two or three of the pack Depending on who else wins and loses on Saturday, with a good with a with a big win over Washington and having that road trip already taken care of, yeah. So it's nice. Um, it's nice that the Bruins have that win in Washington mm. to kind of look back on. They know that they're capable of playing high caliber opponents in hostile environments and coming out with a win. Now you're at home, you're playing against your crosstown rival in the USC Trojans. You have to come out with the same amount of energy or more energy that you came out with against the Huskies. I agree with you 100%. What do you think the Bruins are going to be doing defensively to stop a guy like the Trojans big man inside? Well, I would... I would do you think see, we're going to see some zone? I don't think we're going to see zone. I think we're going to see a lot of the similar things that we saw against Stewart mm-hmm. up in Agreed. Seattle, Agreed. where the Bruins were kind of really fighting for position against him early to get him out of his spots, get him off the block, get him away from where he's comfortable. We tried to. I feel like we tried to get around in front a lot, and then we really dropped that. Uh, weak side defender into the paint for any over the law over the yeah. top lob plays and I'll, anytime he got it i felt like we were always sending two guys into double i could I, see a lot of double i teams. see a lot of doubling I, maybe not a double uh initially on his on bigos catch mm. but when he gets the ball and he puts it down maybe one dribble or two dribbles look for that guard to collapse on him mm-hmm. and force a turnover him at least get it out of his hands and make someone else beat you mm-hmm. and, but boxing him I think you know boxing him out is also going to be a a big time job for our bigs, but this is an area that we have thrived in. You know, we're winning all of our rebound battles on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so but this in is that gonna, sense, this is going to be a big time test for us because this is a team that is averaging more rebounds than us with their two bigs. One uh, averaging nine. They're averaging more. Or, okay, they're averaging more rebounds, but you have to take into play. The opponents they have played versus the opponents we have played. Okay, fair enough. Okay, like the opponents we have played, I think, are a little bit bigger and stronger. We've played the likes of, you know, who? Who do you throw out there? I mean, North Carolina, Notre Dame. Michigan State. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the Maui Invitational Agenda, the BYU. I mean, yeah. they have big bruising guys. Yeah. So okay. So I'm not I'm not looking at the I'm not looking at the fact that the USC Trojans average more rebounds than us. That they're a better rebounding team. I still think that we're a better rebounding team than the Trojans, and I would be shocked if the Trojans ended up out-rebounding us. For me, I think the key to this game, too, is a guy like Chris Smith and to see if he can continue his high-level play. I think if all goes well... He had a great road trip up in Washington. He did have a great road trip, and I hope that uh, you know I hope that translates back to a really good game uh, tomorrow night. 
Uh, I just feel like our bigs, if we, if we do what we supposed, we're supposed to do on the defensive end and, and shutting down their bigs, that should be a wash right there. And I think we really have an advantage uh, potentially at that wing spot where, you know, Chris Chris Smith could uh, tip that rebounding advantage into our in, Chris in Jaime as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's been re- he's been rebounding. At the rate. I Great. think this game fares well for us though to be able to double down on the post because, like I said prior to this, is they are shooting. Only 33% from three, which isn't great, but it's also not horrible. I think it's a team who can get hot yeah. and knock down shots. I think Jonah Matthews, he shoots 36%. Um, other than that, uh, the big fella, um, Rakan Rakazovic, Nick Rakazovic. Yeah, he, uh, I'm sorry if I butchered that. Both their bigs are not the easiest names to pronounce. But uh, he's shooting 60%, but I don't know if he's really shooting that many threes or not. Yeah, that could be definitely deceiving if he's only shooting, you know, maybe one a game. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We so, also, I mean, we, we also, we, on the uh, offensive end, what do you think we need to do in order to secure a victory over the, over the Trojans? Well, I would like to see the Bruins get, they're bigs in foul trouble early. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the USC bench is very deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, it's, and then you know, you put those guys on the bench, and then you have these new guys coming in. I think they, I think a big thing, a big factor going against the the big O kid for SC is yeah. the fact that he averages three blocks a game. He's yeah. looking to jump at a lot of shots and block a lot of shots. With we that, need to get him in the air and shot okay. flake and draw fouls. Okay, yeah, we could shot flake and draw fouls, but when you're coming up against a shot blocker, you want your guards. You know he's coming. Yeah. So you want your guards to get into the lane and at least get shots up on the rim so that your bigs have the opportunity to come in and clean it up. Yes. So I'm expect with a shot blocker like that, that you know that's going to contest everything, I am expecting our bigs and Chris Smith to have you know a field day on the offensive glass. Exactly. I think that needs to be an emphasis. You, you nailed it on the head is yeah. our guards getting in and getting shots up on the rim because he is trying to block shots. Yeah. Therefore, he is going to be taken out of position yeah. a lot of times, and those USC guards are going to have to be there ready to block yeah. out guys like Hill and Riley and Smith, and and I don't think they're capable. It's of okay. Doing that. It's okay to draw and kick and get that assist if you draw him, but it's going to be just as important to get shots up on the rim to create offensive rebounding opportunities for our bigs if you know he's coming, which he's going to. Mm-hmm. Before we move on, this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. If you're looking for a new precision trimmer, Manscaped has you covered. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BLEAVE at manscaped.com. Once again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com if you use the promo code capital B-L-E-A-V. Okay, we touched on a couple points that the UCLA Bruins are going to need to take advantage of in order to beat the USC Trojans. But moving on, Dave, what else do you see the UCLA Bruins needing to do in order to come out with a victory? Besides getting their bigs in foul trouble and creating offensive rebounding opportunities for our bigs. I would really like to see us get out and run and get some transition buckets against the Trojans. I think that we did that well against Washington. And that just gave us an extra, you know, six to ten points, easy buckets. Yeah. That for a team that 
has been struggling to score like we have at times and, and, and have gotten stagnant at times, I think that we need all the easy buckets we can get. So if we were to run and get out and at least get, I don't know, six to 10 transition points, I think that would be I would like event. to even see more. I would like to see between 14 and 20. Yeah, that would be great, but I'm not going to go say I want, I mean, that's on the high end. I think if we can just get you know, six to 10 easy transition layups off of steals and off of rebounds and just pushing it quickly just to just to increase our scoring percentage a little bit and our shot opportunities. I think that would be huge. Um, I also want to see the Bruins play a complete game of, of 40 minutes. We saw that against Washington, but against Washington State... So we saw only saw half of that. We only, Yeah, exactly. So in, against Washington State, we saw huge lapses where the Bruins couldn't score and we... At times, I feel like we get up and we're almost afraid to take shots because we want to hang on to that lead at the expense of almost losing a little bit of our aggressiveness and our um, our, our, our ability to take open shots. We need to continue to hunt open shots and attack the paint and not just be content running down the shot clock and playing so tentatively. I don't think we will. I think that they, the, our players are going to come out with a sense of urgency um, I think they're going to come out on attack mode because they are playing their crosstown rivals. They're going to have that chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see uh, Jake Kaiman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he shot the ball well. He had a huge game against Washington, and he was two for three from three against the Washington State. I would like to see him come in and knock down some more threes and space the floor um, and have an impact on this game like he did up in Seattle. Agreed. Um, I also think that it's important for us to not only get a lead, but to maintain a lead. I feel like we have struggled this year to really expand on our leads. I feel like every no lead that we have when we're up eight or 10 points, we have not been safe with any of our leads. Well, that's because we're a young team and that rarely is that you know, the case. Mm-hmm. We don't have those veteran guys that really understand time and score and flow of the game. So I think that's just going to be a continued learning experience and learning curve for these guys to play through. So I expect to see a close game down the stretch, no matter what, whether we have a big lead in the beginning of the game or not. But with that said, it's going to build our character having to pull these games out and fight down the stretch and come out with wins. I think I would like to see a bounce back game from Tiger as well. This is um, this is a guy who struggled a lot against Washington State. I think he only ended up with two or three points, only played 14, 15 minutes. Uh, I think he's a guy that needs well, to I'm not going to judge a point guard based on his points first off, so... But the fact that he only played 14, 15 minutes. But he only got three shots up, too. So that goes to show. I don't know if he was aggressive. And we need him to be aggressive. Yeah, I think the more aggressive he is, the more opportunities he's going to create for others. Because, you know, when your point guard is a um, shot creator, not only for himself, it creates shots for others as well, just Mm -hmm. by being aggressive. I also want our bigs to rise and meet the challenge that they're going to face this weekend. I think USC kind of goes how their bigs go. When their bigs play well and their bigs play big and they dominate the game, generally they're going to win. Uh, and they are a low down low. I, you got the um, Nick uh, Rondosovic. Yeah, just call him Nick. Nick, he, he's averaging you know 12 and, 12 and 8 and a half. And you got Big O who's averaging 19 and almost 10 rebounds a game. So... 
they're going to be a low down low for us. And I think if we rise to meet that challenge and force their other guys to make plays and uh, determine whether or not they're going to win the game, I think it'll fare more in our favor. Yeah. And I just want to correct something I said earlier. I said Jake was two for three um, from the three-point line up in Washington State. He was two for five. Regardless, we, you know, he's one of our best shooters. We need him to shoot the ball when mm-hmm. he's open, period. Yeah, It's just going to create create more opportunities for our other guys. All right. So I think that's all we have for you all today. Um, some of our key takes and our key notes from what the UCLA Bruins are going to have to do against the USC Trojans on Saturday at 7 p.m. at Poly Pavilion. Uh, and thank you for tuning in to our brief little overview of the Pac-12. Thank you all for joining. We look forward to having you next time. Uh, anybody who's in town, please go out to the game tomorrow night at Poly Pavilion, 7 p.m. to support the Bruins as we take on our crosstown rival, the USC Trojans. They will be handing out free Under Armour shirts. So, hey. And Kareem's going to be there signing some autographs before. So, take advantage. Yeah, there's some perks of going, not only watching some great basketball, but also getting some free gear. So, go Bruins, beat the Trojans. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.